Hey, well, good to be with you this morning. If you have your Bible or your phone or whatever it is that you uh, that you brought with you this morning, if you want to turn with me to Exodus chapter 15, Exodus 15 is where we're going to be um, uh, landing this morning in our teaching uh, as we continue in our series, uh, the, the compound, the redemptive compound names of God. The series is called I Am. The Lord said, I am, which means I will be what I will be. And so, you know, God has a way of just um, uh, making, uh, making himself or revealing himself to us in the exact way that we need him to reveal himself to us. Amen. So today, uh, first week, you know, we talked about uh, the Lord is our victory. The second week, we talked about the Lord is our provider. Last week, we talked about the Lord is our sanctifier, which positions us to receive everything that the Lord has for us. And today we're going to talk about Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord is our healer. Let's pray and ask the Lord to bless our time in his word. Father, thank you for anointing, Lord, uh, the, our time in your word today. Lord, I pray, anoint me to preach and teach your word. Anoint those that are hearing your word. And Lord, I pray right now that the power of the word of God would go forth and manifest itself, Lord, through divine intervention. Thank you, Lord, that every person that's receiving the word of God today, that Lord, their, their mind, their spirit, their soul, soul, their whole body is responding to the word of God. I pray in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Now, one of the first challenges that the children of Israel faced whenever they got delivered from Egypt was that uh, they became desperate for water. They got really, really thirsty. The Israelites found themselves in a very vulnerable and desperate situation. And you know, the good news was in Egypt, they had all the water they needed to drink, but they were in bondage. The Lord delivered them, and now they're on a three-day journey from Egypt, and they have no water. And they were on the verge of dying of thirst in the desert and, uh, and in desperate need of water. And so, unfortunately for them, they had to wait three days in the in the scorching hot desert before they could even ever come up on water. And so they start uh, murmuring and complaining and griping the Moses and, and they're, you know, why didn't you leave us in Egypt? You know, that whole thing of what are you doing to us? I thought you were here to help us. And so Moses, you know, in a desperate situation, he turns to God and he says, Lord, I don't know what to do with these people. What, what am I going to do? They're thirsty. We're, we're, we're dying of thirst here. And, and, uh, and and so the Lord begins to cry out, uh, Moses begins to cry out to the Lord for help. And, and so, uh, you know, and so finally they get to a watering hole. And even when they get to a watering hole, the water's not good to drink. And so the Moses says, Lord, what am I going to do? And so the Lord intervenes and he reveals another characteristic of who he is. And I want you to read it with me. In Exodus 15 and verse 22, it says this, then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea and they moved out into the desert of Shur. They traveled in the desert for three days without finding any water. When they came to the oasis of Marah, the water was too bitter to drink. So they called the place Marah, which means bitter. Then the people complained and they turned against Moses. When are we going to drink? They demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Moses threw it into the water and this made the water good to drink. It was there at Marah that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard to test their faithfulness to him. 
He said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of these diseases I sent on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. Now notice who the Lord declares himself to be in verse 26. I am the Lord who heals you. Now the word healer there in the original language, in the Hebrew language, is Rapha or Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord who heals. How many of you believe the Lord is a healer? It was there at Marah that the Israelites, you know, they begin murmuring and complaining and they turn against Moses and Moses in his desperate need, he calls on the name of the Lord and, and the Lord just manifests himself. I mean, he just, the footprint of God, the hand of God is, is so evident. And the Lord speaks to him and he shows him. He says, listen, this is what you are to do. In verse 25, Moses cried out to the Lord for help. The Lord showed him a piece of wood of all things, a piece of wood. Moses threw it into the water and it made the water sweet. Are you getting the picture yet? And so now the Lord shows him this piece of wood. And, and, you know, like there's a piece of wood laying there. And he says, throw that piece of wood in the water. And the water is not going to be bitter anymore. Now, in the natural, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make a bit of sense, right? How is this piece of wood going to make bitter water sweet? So Moses just obeys what God tells him to do. He grabs a piece of water and he throws it in the water. And I, I, can, I can just imagine, like, who was the first one to test the water? Like whenever the wood hit the water, I wonder if it was Moses. And if he, if he did, like, like, oh, it's sweet. It's sweet. You can imagine the roar that happened right there in the camp when they were so thirsty and all of a sudden the bitter water turns sweet. It was a miracle. It was a supernatural provision from the Lord. So once again, at the oasis of Mara, the Israelites get to experience Another aspect of who the Lord is. The Lord is our victory. The Lord is our provider. The Lord is our sanctifier. And the Lord is our healer. Amen. Now the word healer there means to cure. It means to restore. Or it means to heal completely and whole. And if the, if the Lord is our healer, and that's what the Bible's telling us there, then the question we should ask is, what does the Lord heal us from? What does he heal us from? Let's take a moment. I believe there's three areas of life that we can expect the Lord to heal us in. And the first one is this. We can expect healing in our physical bodies. Does the Lord still heal today, gang? Well, some people believe that and some people don't. It depends on who you ask. Because some people don't believe in healing today. They, they think that, that that dispensation has ended. It ended with the apostles. But some people believe that he does. What's your persuasion? What's your faith? So healing can be a very difficult subject to understand because we still have sickness in this world, right? And Christians still get sick. In fact, we know friends and family members who passed away from sickness. You know, Pastor Kelly's here on the front row. We prayed, we fasted, we believed. For his dad to be healed, but his dad wasn't healed. Kenneth, who just went to be with the Lord yesterday, we fasted, we prayed, we believed for Kenneth to be healed, but he wasn't. The subject of healing can be very difficult to fully understand. Wouldn't you agree with that? In Psalm 103 and verse 2, it says this, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins 
and heals all your diseases. Now, according to Psalm 103, the Lord forgives all our sins. How many of you believe that? And he heals all our diseases. Now, if he forgives all our sins and heals all our diseases, why do we still sin? And why is there still disease? Why are we still sick? You know, I personally believe it's because we live in this fallen world. We live in this fallen world, and because sin is still present and sickness and disease is still present in this world that we live in, we still deal with sin, right? And we still deal with disease, right? But I also believe this. There's coming a time when we will all, we will no longer be living in a, a sin-filled, sickness-filled world any longer. Amen. And we will be delivered from all the power of sin and all the power of sickness and disease. In fact, Revelation chapter 21 and verse 4 says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. Now in the new heaven and the new earth, how many of you know there won't be any spiritual or physical death? Which means there will no longer be the presence of sin or sickness any longer. Amen? Listen, one day we will all be eternally healed. And listen, you know, uh, uh, Brother Larry, he wasn't healed on this side, but how many of you know he's healed now? How many of you know he's, he's dancing on the streets of gold? He's not, he don't have a problem in the world, right? I mean, he's leading the chorus, I'm sure, right now. But physical healing can be a difficult subject to understand. But Jesus bore our sins and sickness on the cross. How many of you believe that? You know, in 1 Peter 2.24, it says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Now, what is Peter talking about? Jesus bore our sins on the cross. That's what he's saying, right? And so now we all have the opportunity of being forgiven of our sins. How many of you know that? We don't have to live under the penalty of sin any longer because Jesus bore our sins on the cross. He took the punishment that I deserve so I don't have to face the punishment that I deserve. Amen. But don't forget, Jesus also bore our sickness as well. Look at Matthew 8 and verse 16. It says, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and he healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, he himself took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. Now, Matthew says that the fact that Jesus went about healing all who were sick, it fulfilled Isaiah's prophecy, which says that uh, Isaiah 53. So he says it fulfilled the prophecy that Jesus heals. Now, now wait a minute. Peter and Matthew are quoting the same passage of scripture. And Peter says he bore our sins on the cross. Matthew says he bore our sickness on the cross. Which one is it? It's both. It's both, right? Isaiah 53, 4. Surely he has borne our griefs. He carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. You know what the word grief is there in the Hebrew? It means sickness or disease. So if you read it in the context of the Hebrew language, it says, surely he has borne our sickness. He has borne our disease. He's carried our sorrows. And we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God. But verse 5 says, 
But he was wounded for our transgressions. That's sins. He was bruised for our iniquities. That's sins. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Amen. Amen. We are healed. Now, Isaiah, Isaiah, you know, I heard this. I heard somebody explain this. You know, Isaiah is talking about Jesus dying on the cross. And he says, we are healed. Peter says, we were healed. So Peter's looking back at the cross and said, it's already been done. We were healed and we are healed. Come on, so we can receive our healing today. Amen? Isn't that good news? Because Jesus bore our sickness, now we have the opportunity to be healed physically. Do you know Jesus is still healing today? He's still healing. Listen, just as we believe that Jesus bore our sins, we need to believe that Jesus bore our sickness as well. Are y'all with me? So just as we believe that we're forgiven, we need to believe that we're healed. Psalm 103, remember, in verse 2, Praise the Lord on my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. How many diseases can Jesus heal? Which ones can he heal? There's none. He, there's no disease he can't heal. He can heal all diseases. Amen. Even the diseases that the doctors say, there's nothing we can do about it. How many of you know the Lord can do something about it? Come on, how many of you know the Lord is our healer? Amen. So just as the Lord forgives our sins, the Lord heals our diseases. But we need to expect healing in our physical bodies. And so, you know, some people, they don't, they don't ever receive healing in their body because they've never heard that Jesus heals. And so they don't expect Jesus to heal. But how many of you know, we need to expect that Jesus heals. You know, years ago, uh, in the 19th century, there was this, uh, this preacher named John Alexander Dowie. You might have heard of him. He was in Sydney, Australia. And he didn't know that, that he didn't understand that it was God's will to heal people physically. And so a plague hit, hit Sydney and it killed hundreds of orphans and widows that attended his church. He had this huge church. While trying to comfort and encourage the mourners, he, he said uh, he could feel and he could hear the demons mocking him, saying, I thought your God is a healer. And so he began praying, Lord, I need to hear a word from you. I hear these voices. I hear demons mocking me while all these people in my congregation are dying. And so he began praying for a word from the Lord and the Lord spoke a particular verse to him. And this is the verse that the Lord spoke to him. It's in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. He said, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. When he read that verse, he got a revelation. It's like, wait a minute. The very demons that are mocking me and making fun of me and telling me that Jesus don't heal, these are the ones that are causing this. And so he began to pray and bind up the powers of darkness. And then all of a sudden, this lady calls and says, uh, Pastor Dowry, I'm sick and, 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 and I'm, I'm very ill. And he said, let me pray for you. But this time, instead of praying this weak prayer like, Lord, if it be your will, I hope you might help her, this sister. He said, in the name of Jesus. He he, he, with strong conviction, he said, in the name of Jesus, I command sickness to leave her body. And something miraculous happened to her. 
She was instantly healed. And she knew she was healed. And she started shouting and said, I'm healed, I'm healed. And all of a sudden, that plague just stopped. And for 12 years, there was just like uh, only, I think, 12 people in 12 years that died in that church. God did a miracle. Do y'all believe in miracles? Do y'all believe the Lord has the power to heal? Yes, he does. He does. And so a major key to receiving physical healing in your body is this. It's knowing it's God's will for you to be healed. And then expecting God's healing to come upon you. You know, you might have heard me tell this story, but I remember when I first started in ministry, we had some friends that uh, the the wife of the couple, uh's dad had a brain tumor. And so uh, they called us up. They they knew we were, you know, obviously we we're in ministry. And they said, would you uh, go pray for my dad? He's in the hospital and he has a brain tumor. And they said, it's aggressive type and all that stuff. And so I said, sure. And uh, it, it happened to be right during January's prayer and fasting. And so I went to the hospital and I didn't know this, but they had also called about four or five other pastors and, and, and deacons and stuff. And so whenever I got there, there was a room full of leaders. And so we all got around the bed and we started praying for this guy in the bed that just been diagnosed with this terminal brain tumor. And, and we started praying and they started to say, I'm a praying and y'all can pray. And I was kind of like the very last one to pray. And as, as the, you know, the, the prayers are going around, you know, I, I just kind of felt like there wasn't a lot of faith being like, Lord, if it be your will and, and Lord, I know you're going to heal him eventually when he gets to heaven. And it's like, Oh, let's not bury him yet, you know? And so, you know, something rose up on the inside of me and I'm saying, wait a minute, man. I believe the Lord can heal him right now. And listen, you know, I prayed and I, I'm telling you, I didn't feel anything other than me, like, you know, my veins popping and spit fine. And I was in the name of Jesus. I break that thing and I commanded to go, you know. And I'm just kind of like, you know, as the, you know, just walked out. It's like, they probably think I'm nuts. And so I went on about my business and I was like, oh, well, you know, I didn't have much faith, gang, to be honest with you. Do you know, a few, like a week or two later, I get a call from the guy. And he said, hey, I just want you to know, I just want to thank you for coming and pray for me. I said, well, man, it's my privilege. So how you doing? He said, man, I'm actually doing great. And he said, but listen, I heard that, uh, that uh, you charismatics, y'all anoint people with oil. I want you to come to my house. And nobody else is going to be there. I want you to anoint me with oil. I said, yes, sir. And so I go back to his house. And, uh, you know, Brother Francis taught us, you know, uh, if you're any of you sick, let him call for the elders of the church, anoint him with oil. So I went there with my oil. And one of the elders came with me. And so I said, can I bring an elder? He said, you bring whoever you want. I said, all right. So we prayed. I anointed him with oil, sat at his feet, anointed his head. We prayed. And I'm telling you, I felt so unspiritual. I'm, I was like, oh my goodness, if it's because of the anointing of my life, this guy's dead. Because <laughs> it ain't happening in me right now, right? So then he calls me about a week later and says, man, I got to tell you what happened. I said, what, what happened? You know, <laughs> they told you you died, you know. He said, when y'all prayed for me, he said, it's like my feet started levitating off the floor. And he said, I actually looked down at my feet. He said, a warmth came over my body. And he said, man, I think I'm healed. 
And so all of a sudden, faith rose up, and I said, well, I agree with your confession. You're healed, man. You're healed. And you know where that guy went? And he took some more scans, and that tumor was gone. That tumor was gone. And he lived for several years after. And they said, yeah, I know the tumor's gone, but let's give you some more chemo. Let's give you some more chemo. And you know what he died of? Not of the tumor. He died of the effects of the chemo. But you know what? I learned something that day. Jesus heals. He heals physical bodies, and he's still healing today. Amen. Amen. Y'all believe that? Let's not forget that. But number two, a second area of life we can experience healing is we can experience healing in our soul. You can, you can actually have healing in your soul. Uh, Third John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Your soul. The Lord wants our souls to prosper and be in good health. What is our soul? It's our mind. It's our will, and that's our emotions, right? The Lord wants us to be healed in our soul. Sometimes our greatest need is, he- is healing in our mind. It's healing in our will. It's healing in our soul, right? Sometimes that's the greatest need. And so listen, remember when the children of Israel, they arrived at the oasis of Mara, the watering hole, and the water was bitter to drink, remember... The bitter waters of Marah in Exodus 15, remember what God instructed Moses to do? To throw that stick in the water, right? But I want you to think with me. Marah means bitter. It means bitter. And, and, it, and I believe that Marah can represent the emotional hurts, the losses, the abuses, the rejections, the betrayals, the bitter experiences of life. And so whenever you think it, listen, you can't drink from the sweet waters of God's fountain of life when you got a contaminated soul that has been contaminated with the bitter experiences of life. Are y'all still tracking with me out there? You know, so listen, we need healing sometimes, not in our physical body, but in our soul. You know, years ago, there was a family that was in the church here, and they moved to Colorado Springs. And it wasn't long that they moved to Colorado Springs. The husband got into this uh, really bad car accident. But in, in some, uh, I, I, I don't remember all the details. I think there might have been some fatalities in it. But he himself, he was driving his car. And, and he was fine. His name was Clayton. And, and, and so whenever the accident happened, he's walking around helping the others. And the, and the uh, EMT says, are you right? He says, I'm fine. And then all of a sudden, he gets weak. He collapses and falls and dies right at the accident site. And see, what they found out was that he was walking around with some internal injuries. And he was bleeding out. But you couldn't tell he was bleeding out by looking at him in the natural. And you see, and I think that's a picture. He had internal injuries that you couldn't detect with the natural eye. And I believe that some of us may be internally bleeding because of experiences in life, and we can't detect it with the natural eye. I think about those who just found out their husband or their wife doesn't want to be married anymore. I mean, you know, that'll bruise you. I think about those who are physically and emotionally who who got abused in their childhood 
by those that were supposed to love them the most, abuse them the most. I think about those who have lost the love of their life, whether it's an accident or cancer or, you know, whatever the case may be. And now they're having to go on and their love of their life is no longer with them. Are you all with me out there? I think of those who have been bullied, made fun of, rejected just by their family and friends and loved ones. They're walking around and they're bleeding. And, and if you ask them, do you need healing? They say, no, I, I don't have any problems in my physical body. It's not their physical body. Like Clayton, some of us are slowly dying because we're internally bleeding. And what we need is not a physical healing. What we need is a soul healing. Amen. Amen. It's the bitter experiences of life that leave our souls diseased. But here's our hope. In Luke 4, 18. This is what the Lord said. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. What was he saying? Jesus declared the purpose of God's power in anointing being on him was for these reasons. He said, first of all, one reason was to heal the brokenhearted. To heal the brokenhearted of those whose lives have been shattered emotionally. It's like, like dropping glass and it shatters in a million pieces. And some people's hearts feel like that. Like it's been shattered in a million pieces. And so to heal the brokenhearted means he's going to heal us from the experiences that have left us with a broken heart. Somebody in this room needs to hear that today. Another reason God anointed Jesus was to set at liberty those who have been oppressed. You know something interesting? The oppressed is often those that have been bruised on the inside. An emotional bruise can sometimes lead you into bondage or under a stronghold. The Lord wants to heal those that have been bruised and he wants to emotionally release us from the trauma that is holding us back. Are you getting the picture? So now, what do you do with these bitter experiences if you had them? What do you do? Well, I think you, you, can, you can believe that Jehovah Rapha is your healer, right? I believe, remember when Moses was shown to take that wood and throw it? Here's the application. The things we bring to the cross, the bitter experiences of life, the bitter experiences of life that we've experienced can be turned sweet when you bring them to the cross. The wood that was thrown in the water is a picture of the cross. And Jesus died on the wood. He died on the wooden cross. And because he died on the wooden cross, listen, I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you've experienced. I don't know what you're dealing with right now. But I want you to know that if you're bruised and you're bleeding on the inside, there's a Rapha. There's a healer. There's a God that can heal you from inside out. Amen. But you got to believe it. How many of you believe it? He can transform your bitter life. Jeremiah 30, 17, I will restore you to health and I will heal you of your wounds, declares the Lord. The Lord is our healer and he's able to heal us from internal wounds. Can I tell you another story? Let me tell you another story. One time, uh, it was during January prayer and fasting and, uh, we were in the old auditorium and, and, and we were having prayer meetings to just pray. And, and, uh, after the end of the service, uh, you know, just like we still do now, people come up and you could get prayed for. And, and this person came up, this lady came up and she said, I need prayer. And I said, well, uh, what would you need prayer for? Oh, she said, I got a little cold. I got the sniffles and stuff. It's like, okay, well, that, you know, 
I don't need too much faith to pray for that because I, I believe you're going to just probably get over it, you know. And so listen, I laid hands on her and started praying. And all of a sudden, the power of God, I felt it, she felt it. Our eyes both opened up and it's like, oh my goodness, what is going on here? The spirit of the Lord healer. And she started crying and weeping and tears falling down her face. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just like, oh, oh. What's going on here? I didn't know what to do about it, right? But man, she ends up falling on the floor and she, she don't want to get up and I'm just trying to help her up. Like we got another service coming. You need to get up. We got to, people are going to think we're crazy. Come on, let's get up. But she don't want to get up and she's, and then all of a sudden she starts laughing and she's crying and she's laughing. And it's like, well, uh, it looks like it's good. And so I, so finally she gets up and she's got this big old beaming smile on her face. And she said, oh my goodness, I had this huge heaviness on me and now it's gone. And all I feel is the joy of the Lord. And she started laughing and laughing. I said, man, come on, let's go. Let's come on. Let's go. Let's go talk about it somewhere else. I didn't know what was going on, but you know, she thought she was coming up to get healed of a cold. The Lord had something else in mind. And you know what I found out later? She had been abused whenever she was young. And she had never been able to get over the abuse, but God put his spirit on her and he healed her of a broken heart. He delivered her from the bondage that she was under. I don't know where you are today. I don't know where your doctrinal persuasion is today, but I want you to know there's a God who heals and he will heal you and he will deliver you, not just physically, but he will heal your soul too. Amen. I love Psalm 30, 11. You have turned my morning into dancing. And you have put on my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Amen. No case is too hard for the Lord. He can heal those that have been abused or have been hurt the worst. He can do it. Amen. Isn't that hopeful today? Now, the third area of life we can experience healing in is this. We can expect healing in our spirit, man. Sometimes we need healing in the core of our being, in, the, in, the, in our spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, I pray that God who gives peace will make you completely holy and may your spirit, soul, and body be kept healthy and faultless until our Lord Jesus Christ returns. Some of us have sickness in our spirits that need healing. The Lord wants to heal us, not just, uh, not just our physical bodies, not just our soul, but our spirit too. We're tripod beings and he wants to heal us through and through. Amen. So when I think about the power of spiritual sickness, I always think about that little lady that was crippled for all those years by this disease. I think it was, it was 18 years she'd been sick. And the Bible says in Luke 13, 10, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And there was a woman for 18 years that had a sickness caused by a spirit. And she was bent double and could not straighten up at all. Now the scripture takes takes time to let us know that she was bent physically, but yet it was caused by a spirit, the Bible says. Sometimes what we really need is more than a physical healing or healing in our soul. What we need is a spiritual healing, right? And the Bible says in verse 12, when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, woman, you are freed from your sickness. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made erect again and began glorifying God. Like this lady, sometimes we're sick because of a spiritual disease. You know, sometimes we get sick because 
because of a strong spirit of fear. We don't need physical healing. We, we don't really need a, 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 an emotional healing, but we need a spiritual healing. How many of you know a spirit of fear can just rob you of all health, can paralyze you, right? And I mean, I've known people that were so gripped by fear that they couldn't operate. They, they, they lived a life of torment because of this spirit of fear on them. 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. How many of you know the Lord wants to deliver us from the spirit of fear? So listen, sometimes we get sick and disease in our spirit from some form of stronghold or bondage. You can't live a healthy life when you're enslaved to some form of stronghold or bondage. Isn't that right? Whether it's drinking or drugging or gambling or pornography or eating disorders or some obsessive behavior. Come on, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's controlling you, you can't live a healthy life. Right? Every form of bondage and stronghold robs you of health. Romans 8.15 says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption by whom you were, you cry out, Abba, Father. Let's remember, how many of you know that the Lord wants to heal our spirit, man? He wants to deliver us from everything. Come on, he came to set the captive free. Amen. And so, listen, some people get sick because they're diseased by the spirit of bitterness. A root of bitterness is set in. And they're, they're, it looks like, it looks like they're okay. You can't tell. But if you could, if you could just open up their, their spirit man and you could see, you would see there's a spirit of bitterness holding them back. You can't be healthy if you're trapped in a root of bitterness, right? Hebrews 12, 15 says, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that the poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. Corrupting many. Bitterness will corrupt the waters of your life. Unforgiveness will corrupt the waters of your life. Nothing contaminates your spirit like bitterness and unforgiveness, right, gang? It's so powerful that some people even go to their grave with it. They never do get set free. You've heard that story. There were two, there were two brothers. That somewhere along in the way, along in life, they, they got crossways and, and they, they started, they were bitter at each other. They ended up in a nursing home across the hall from each other and they wouldn't even talk to each other. And they died never reconciling. That's how strong the root of bitterness can be. Everybody gets disease in their spirit at some point in time from the outright contamination of sin, right? Everybody needs spiritual healing from the contamination of sin. Right, gang? When I, when I say everybody, I mean everybody. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Not some, all have sinned, right? We all need to be healed in our spirit, man. Jesus is the only one that can help us. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive in God. How many of you know? That Jesus can heal us. And the first step to getting healed in your body, in your soul, in your spirit, is you got to get healed of the contamination of sin. That Jesus paid such an awesome price so that we can be delivered and set free from. Amen? 
I'm thinking maybe some in here today, you need healing. Some of you need healing in your body. While I'm talking, some of you say, man, you know what? I need healing in my soul. I need some, I need, I need some emotional healing. I, I need some healing in my mind. Some of you, maybe you need healing in your spirit. Would you do me a favor? Just stand with me this morning. I believe healing is here. I believe healing is in this room. How do you get your souls healed? How do you get your spirit healed? I believe it's the same way. How do you get healed spiritually? By grace, through faith, right? The Bible says we all sin, we all fall short of the glory of God. How do you get that healed? It's by faith. It's through grace. It's by grace through faith. Excuse me. It's by grace through faith. How many of you know if God doesn't forgive you, you can't be healed? It's by grace, but you got to believe it. It's got to, you got to have faith. You mix God's grace with your faith and you can receive a healing, right? How do you get healed in your soul? By grace through faith. It's God's grace that heals us. Like that lady that came up for prayer. How did she get healed? She wasn't expected. I wasn't expecting. It was totally the grace of God, right? But you know what? She believed in God. She believed God could touch her. How do you get healed physically? It's by grace. You know, some people say, well, if you have enough faith. Well, some people, man, listen, I've been on the bedside of people that wouldn't take an ounce of medicine, wouldn't need any help. If they didn't trust God, if they didn't believe God, I'm, uh, there's no way I'll make it. And you know what? They're in heaven right now. Come on, how many of you know it's got to be the grace of God? It's got to be the grace of God, but you got to believe it. How many of you believe it? Come on, let's just open up our heart right now. How many of you this morning? You say, man, I need Jehovah Rapha right now. I need, I need his healing, whether it's in your body or your soul or your spirit. Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. Those of you that have your hands raised, I just want to take a moment. Just come up here at the altar. Just come up here at the altar. In James chapter 5, it says, if any of you are sick, let him anoint them with oil. Pray the prayer of faith. We're gonna, I ask the, the uh, pastoral team to just go around and just anoint. We're going to believe God for a miracle right here this morning. How many of you believe that the Lord can heal you of a physical ailment that's plaguing your body? Come on, how many of you believe he can, if he can shrink a brain tumor, how many of you believe that he can heal your body this morning? Come on, just make your way up here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I want you to do me a favor. And I want to pray for all of you corporately as they pray for you individually. And we're going to believe for a miracle. Would you do me a favor? All of you that are out here, would you just extend your hands out towards those that are up here? How many of you believe that the Lord can heal them this morning? How many of you believe the Lord can give them a miracle this morning? Come on, let's pray together and let's believe together. Father, I pray. Come on, listen, those of you that are up here, come on, just do me a favor and lift your hands towards heaven. And come on, just declare it. The Lord is my healer. 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 Spirit, soul, and body. The Lord is my healer. And I'm believing this morning for a healing. Thank you, Father God. Listen, we're going to take a moment right now. And we're just going to begin to just lay hands and just believe for a miracle healing to take place right here at this altar. And I'm believing that some of you are going to leave here different than when you came. Because the Lord is our healer. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus.